the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. Hey, Brandon. Excited about today's episode. Yeah, yeah, we have an awesome guest today. We have Vinny Tortorich. He is a celebrity trainer. He's a speaker, podcaster, best-selling author of Fitness Confidential, Adventures in the Weight Loss Game. He's got some really cool documentaries out, Fat, One and Two, and then he also has one, Beyond Impossible, that talks a little bit about the soy and, and vegan industry meats and things like that. So we're super excited to have you. How's it going? Good. I, I love that opening you guys have. It's so professional. I, I feel like such a hag because <laughs> my cat sucks. These guys uh, glad to be here. We're, we're far back here. <laughs> these guys, they got some production value. I, I got nothing over on my podcast. I got to step my game up a bit. <laughs> you got good content and that's the important bit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people introduce you as America's angriest trainer, which is fun for me because one of my favorite comedians is Lewis Black, really angry Jewish guy. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you got that moniker, and, and then we'll jump into this. I love that. Lewis Black, a really angry Jewish guy. I'm not sure Lewis would actually like that moniker. It's like, maybe it's just an angry guy. Maybe an angry Jew. An angry Jewish guy. Walked into a bar. And uh, yeah, no, it's funny. When we started the podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, we've been doing it for a little over 10 years. Oh, wow. And yeah, we've been at it for a minute. And the only reason I started the podcast was because I wrote a book. And the, everyone wanted to do the book. Uh, and all the people, I was in Hollywood at the time. I was one of those Hollywood trainers. And the people over at William Morris, the biggest agency in the world, they were looking at the book and they said, hey, we love this book and we want to take it out big. But there's a problem. No one knows who you are. And I said, what do you mean? Probably the number one trainer in Hollywood. Everyone knows who I am. And they said, no, 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 you don't exist on Google. And I said, what's Google? Why would I care about Google? What's Google? And they said, you don't exist on the internet. So you got to go figure that out. And there was a reason why I didn't exist on the internet. When you work with celebrities, the last thing you want is for your name to be out there associated with celebrities, right? Because eventually when they falter, it's going to be sources close to. You, you have these reporters hounding you, trying to give you money to talk about the people you work with. And it's just not fair. It's just, it's wrong. So I prided myself on never, ever being in an article or doing anything. And I did very little television. If every now and then someone like Howie Mandel would bring me on to go do something with him or something. But other than that, uh, you know, I just kept my name out of the media. And uh, they said, well, you need to go get famous on the internet. And I looked around. I actually Googled that night how to become famous on the internet. And I found that you had to be a hot chick in a bikini. <laughs> and I didn't have a bikini. And I'm a very hairy Italian. It wouldn't have been good. <laughs> 
And, or if you had a squirrel who could water ski behind a little remote control boat, something like that. <laughs> and I thought maybe I could catch a squirrel, but then trying to duct tape him to a set of skis might be a problem. So I, I was just at, I was at wit's end. And I went to, aren't you glad you asked me one question about <laughs> And uh, I went into this diatribe, but my, my nephew said, why don't you start a podcast? And I said, I don't even know what that is. This was 10 What's years ago. Podcast? So that was pretty recent. Oh, yeah. This was 11 years ago. So podcasts were out, but no one knew what they to were. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes, yeah, just go do a podcast because I had done a radio show back in the eighties called Talking Fitness. And I said, okay. And, and I went to my friend and we started this podcast out of just whole cloth. And they said, you have to come up with a name for it. And I went, I could call it the trainer podcast, you know. But you would have been the first one that long ago. Yeah, that would have yeah. been. <laughs> you have done okay with that. There, would not. there, there wasn't, there was nothing out there. And we said, okay, my wife says, you're angry about what's going on in the world of health and fitness. Why don't you call yourself the angriest trainer podcast? <laughs> so that's the title you went with? Yeah. So I went, that sounds good. That sounds catchy. People might buy into that. So we, we called it the angriest trainer podcast, but then it became really popular and the book became this mega hit book. The book is called Fitness Confidential. And I wouldn't have ever thought any of that would happen. It became a multi bestseller. It became this big deal. And, and so now I was on television shows, national television shows, and they give you a 15 minute spot, seven minutes, they go to commercial, seven more minutes and you're out. Yeah. They were in the first seven minutes going, you don't seem so angry. You seem <laughs> like a nice guy. Are you, you're not angry. So I just changed it to the Fitness Confidential podcast because the book was the juggernaut yeah. at the time. Again, I didn't mean to hijack your podcast, but that's how <laughs> I'm not really angry. Yeah. And I am a little bit like Lewis Black. I do get, I'm a curmudgeon. <laughs> it's a family guy segment. Oh, it really grinds my gears. And then he goes, it so really grinds my gears. <laughs> that's you know, pretty good. <laughs> he, he went on the news and he was doing that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us some of the highlights of the Fitness Confidential book. Uh, what are some of the things you cover in there? And then one of the things I thought was interesting is the descriptor was why the fitness clubs are worse than a used car lot. Yeah. You know how they say you should dance like no one's looking. I, I wrote a book like no one was going to read it because <laughs> I didn't think anyone was going to read it. So when I sat down and started, basically, it, it was just verbal masturbation. It was just anything I wanted to talk about, anything that was on my mind, I put in that book. It goes through one of my clients who had to lose a ton of weight to be in a TV show. And they were developing a whole show about it. And then it goes into this, I start talking about gyms and how gyms work. And because I wanted people, I'd been in this industry for 40 years, about 35 at that point. I was there at the beginning. I know where all the bodies are buried in health and fitness. I was in Hollywood for 30 of those 40 years. And I knew exactly how they were taking your good intentions away. And I talked about gyms. I said, yeah, you have a better chance at a used car lot because 
when you walk in, you don't realize it, but they're selling you from the moment you walk in and exactly how they do it and <clears throat> how they really push you and push you. They don't let you leave there without a membership. They don't want you going to the next gym. And I just go through all the steps as to how they will screw you over. And I don't just talk about how they're going to screw you over. I talk about, hey, once you buy this membership, you now have access to equipment you can never get in your home, right? You have elliptical machines, you have stair masters, you have 20 different types of bench press machines, you have flat benches, you have racks, you have leg press machines, all for 50 bucks a month. So the book then goes in to teach you how to use the stuff and how to get the best way to use all of the stuff. It goes into the fact that I almost died of leukemia at some point. When I was at the healthiest, I thought I was at the healthiest point of my life, and I was almost dead. Just a random blood test said, hey, if you don't get <laughs> treatment right away, you're going to die. So the book takes all these turns, <clears throat> and people just, for whatever reason, it just found an audience, and that audience found an audience. and People started handing it to friends who wanted to be in shape, and people handed it to people who wanted to learn what NSNG was, no sugars, no grains, and low carb. And people handed it to people who were dying of cancer and going, look, this guy put the story of cancer right in the middle of a fitness book because it just takes you on this kind of roller coaster. And if you ask me if I was some kind of genius when I wrote it, I wasn't. I got very lucky. And I wrote it with Dean Laurie, uh, a great TV and book writer in Hollywood. And he was the one that helped me keep that roller coaster ride going. And the book has, it's still selling. It's 10 years later and it still sells like hive cakes. Let's talk a little bit about nutrition now with the leukemia. Is that how you got into keto? No. When I came out of New Orleans in 1991 and got to LA, I was already talking about low carb. I would always use Atkins as analogous because he started in the 70s. I started, my great grandmother who barely spoke English, she was Italian, knew that if you ate bread, you got fat. If you <laughs> ate too much pasta, you got fat. This was not new information. When I started this business back in 1982 in New Orleans, I was getting my degree in exercise physiology and in nutrition. And we knew what carbohydrates will do to you. And I just kept people off of high carbs. Now, back then, it was a lot easier because no one weighed four and 500 pounds, right? Yeah. People were trying to get 15, 20 pounds off. If you go back and look at old commercials from that time period, Special K, the cereal had a thing going, hey, if you can pinch an inch, you're too fat. Pinch an inch. <laughs> People are pinching globs of fat on their body now. We, we've become morbidly obese as a society, right? And it's all because of these grains. It's all because of this crap food we're eating, this fast food, the, the chemicals and everything else that's in these foods. And by the time I got to Hollywood and started working with celebrities, don't care how the sausage is, is cooked, how it's prepared. They just... When you get hired and they go, hey, you need to get 30 pounds off of this actress for a role in six weeks. If I tell them to just eat meat and eat no carbs and just eat fish and just eat broccoli, they're going to do it because 
they have millions of dollars on the line. And they would even tell me, meat and bacon now, I, I hope I don't drop dead of a heart attack until this movie comes up. They would say things like that to me. But then some of them started going, hey, can you come back? I'll pay you now. The studio's not paying you. I'll pay you because as soon as I walked away from this idea, I started gaining weight again. Yeah. Right. They didn't want to do that. Yeah. So what does this diet look like? When I started, when I wrote the book, I was loath to put the word ketogenic in it. I refused to, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And Dean Laurie kept asking me, he goes, why won't you put ketogenic in a book? And I said, because the book was written two years before. So go back even, it was 12 years ago. Like before Mark Sissons and all that stuff yeah. came out. Yeah. So 2010, I'm writing a book and I told Dean Laurie, I'm not putting the word ketogenic anywhere in my book. And he said, why? And I said, because every doctor is going to come back and, and say, this guy is talking about ketoacidosis and that will kill you. And I was correct about that. So I called it no sugars, no grains in yeah. SNG. I, I actually own the trademark for NSNG, no sugars, no grains. The government gave me that trademark within a year of the book coming out. Yeah. And that was just my way to market low carb, the yeah. way Atkins just named it Atkins. So I did that and it worked like a charm. And then people would say, what is it? I say, well, it's a ketogenic diet. So I'm actually one of the reasons, I'm not the only reason, I would say me, Gary Taubes, Nina Teichels, that's about it. The paleo guy had the paleo thing out before that, Lauren Cardain. We were all talking around the same subject at the same time. Gary Taubes had two books out at the time. One was called Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. And before that, he put one out called Good Calorie, Bad Calorie. Uh, good Calorie, Bad Calorie. and how we get fat, why we get fat are two books that are, I'm on your podcast, pushing my stuff, telling you to go read someone else's book. Yeah. <laughs> we do that every episode. <laughs> but that's how much it matters. You yeah. Know? And my, my good friend, Nina Teichels, I'm good friends with Gary and Nina. And we were all talking, Nina wrote the book, Big Fat Surprise. And we were all talking about this stuff at the same time. And people started calling ketogenic keto. And before you knew it, keto was a new thing. As a matter of fact, there was a doctor, Dominic D'Agostino. Try saying that three times really fast. <laughs> down in Florida. And he was working with Green Berets and Navy SEALs because they use rebreathers underwater. And so when you use a rebreather, it's not like using a scuba. You, you, your body has to withstand more. And they found that when you're in dietary ketosis, it works better. So he was the guy that came up with the ketone esters that yeah. came out. And I think he'll a few of these companies sell this stuff. No one, no, no person needs to take this stuff, but it's, um, it's really, he made it for those people to knock them into ketosis really fast. And he's been on my show probably a dozen times. We're all, we were all doing the same thing at the same time. And we all came together. It's not like this world now where everyone is trying to, you know, brand themselves and how can I make a buck and the whole thing. We were all doing the same thing at the same time. If you notice in my first two movies, Fat, a documentary, and Fat, a documentary too, Gary Taubes is in there, Nina yeah. Teichels is in there, Dr. Drew was in it. Yeah, Jim Abrams, uh, the guy that did all those famous movies, Abrams Zucker, it was Zucker, Abrams Zucker, Airplane and... Oh yeah, with Leslie Nielsen? Leslie, all those old, all those <laughs> movies, you movie. know, yep. and... Um, Jim and I became very close because he started that whole Charlie Foundation, 
because of his son. With epilepsy? And, say again? With the epilepsy? Yeah. They wanted to cut on this kid and do basically a lobotomy on like a two or three-year-old. And Jim just happened to walk into a library and was searching around. And this was back when people read things called books. Oh, what are those? And he, yeah, he saw where the ketogenic diet actually reverses this in large part in infants. And he went to the doctor and said, what about this? And the doctor was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do the surgeries. You're not cutting on my kid. Let's give this a shot. And they did that. And there's a, a famous movie about this starring Meryl Streep called First Do No Harm. It's free, folks. You can go watch it on YouTube where they tell the, Char they tell the story of someone else, but it's really close to the Charlie Abrams story. And when I called, and Jim Abrams and I have become friends because he's promoting this too. And I called him and I said, Jim, would you be in the movie? And before I can even say the word movie, he said, yes. Yeah. Where do you want me to be? I was planning on bringing a crew to his house. And he was like, tell me where to show up. You know? And when he sat down for the interview, about halfway through, he's telling the story of Charlie. And I, I get choked up even saying this. The guy breaks down and starts crying. One of the, the biggest, richest producers in the world just starts crying. And I turned to Peter Pardini, who I did the movie with. I was behind the camera. We were directing together. And I said, I don't give a fuck what we do. Sorry, I'm using language in your show, but that's exactly what I said. We, we got the E rating. You're good. Oh, good. Yeah. I said, I don't give a fuck what we do. We're opening this movie with Jim Abrams crying because nothing is more powerful than that. Yeah. And that's how we opened Fat a Documentary. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, so to summarize, his son had epilepsy. This guy is multimillionaire, and he's got over six of the top specialists in the world, and not one of them suggested nutrition. All of what they were trying wasn't working. His son was still having multiple seizures. And uh, simply putting the kid on a ketogenic diet didn't just help, it cured him. And I know in your first documentary, Fata Documentary, you're interviewing one of the doctors and they said, why didn't you try this nutrition approach? And, and his response was, we haven't tried all the medical interventions yet, which is just so absurd to me. All the drugs. Yeah. Meaning all the drugs. It is crazy. It, yeah. it, the whole thing is just crazy. Yeah. All um, the money in the world couldn't buy it because our doctors and I love our doctors, they're important, they're life-saving, but they don't have a nutritional background in their education. It's only looked at oftentimes from the pharmaceutical side. I'm going to probably skip ahead because I, you know, usually when people interview me, they'll ask me about the cancer or whatever. I'm going to just move ahead and go right into cancer right now. Yeah. Um, when, when you say doctors, right, medic, medicine and a doctor saves my life. I wouldn't be here right now. And... <laughs> When I was done with cancer, everyone in the Hollywood community said, hey, you need to be on a whole food vegan diet. <laughs> hey, you need to drink. I'm not kidding about this. You need to drink eight to 12 ounces of wheatgrass a day, which means you got to probably start growing and grinding your own wheatgrass. And I remember a couple of times in my life when I've tried wheatgrass, like one ounce, 
I was like burping that crap for like three days and stomach upset and the whole thing. It was like, I couldn't imagine two ounces versus eight to 12 ounces a day. And it was like, oh, regress is like your blood. And, and it's like all this crap and all these gurus telling me, because everyone, it, they, their, their intentions were there. Yeah. And they wanted me to do one. And so it turns out that my doctor over at Cedars is also a research scientist. She's, remember that show, Dr. House? Yeah. Uh, you know, House. She was like that guy. Like she's this <laughs> research scientist that figures out stuff that no one else can. And I said to her, and, and this is back in 07. I said, Doc, look, um, I'm free of cancer now. And she goes, yeah, we've knocked it into what we're calling remission. But because the drugs work so well, when it comes back, and it will, it's going to grow back. It's going to take between, you know, three and six years. Most people make it four years. But we'll put you on chemo early and we'll knock it back into remission again. And I said, a lot of people are telling me to drink a ton of wheatgrass and all this crap and eat vegan. I said, is any of that, any, you're a research scientist, is any of that true? And she said, you're the no sugars, no grains guy. And I went, yeah. She goes, yeah, do that. Yeah. I went, wait, what? She goes, take your own advice. And here's the deal. You might wonder why I wasn't taking my own advice before. We talk about this in the book. I was an ultra cyclist. I'm a guy that was able to get on a bike and ride five, six, 700 miles nonstop. And I did these events. And of course, when you're out there training and when you're out there doing all this stuff, it's easy to eat goo and power bars and shot blocks and yeah. all this crap. Yeah, I got into marathons for a couple of years and I remember all that. Yeah, it's just, it's easy and convenient. You pop it into your mouth. It, Tastes like sugary crab, but <laughs> I would always say, I wonder if I can, I wonder if I could do ketogenic and be athletic in all of my studies from, I graduated from Tulane university with a degree in exercise physiology said that, oh no, when you go really hard in aerobics, you need sugar, you need more sugar, you need more sugar on top of that. And I said, I wonder if I can try this without sugar. And I was able to do it. Yeah. And not only was I able to do it, but again, I'm one of the guys that came up with the term that you now hear all the time, fat adapted. Yeah. It's like, oh, once your body adapts to using ketones and using fat, it works. It works like a charm. And that's why my podcast got popular so fast. And it's like, there was num number one, there's no other health podcast. And number two, it, you know, I was talking about fat adaptation and just using fat and improving it yeah. by going long on a bike. Um, Today, I did 90 minutes on my rowing machine, and let's see, I had probably, uh, let's call it three quarters of a pound of red meat this morning. About two hours later, I got on my rowing machine for 90 minutes, and then after that, I was doing yard work all day. I, I'm not talking about just pulling weeds. I was doing some big time. I'm redoing my whole backyard. Yeah. I'm working with shovels, wheelbarrows, the whole thing. It is now... Seven o'clock in the evening, this cup of coffee and water is the only thing I've had all day. I've, I've been living on the fat of my body all day. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm a lean guy. We always have enough fat to keep going. That, that's just a fact. Now, right? do you recommend yeah. this approach to everybody or are there people you don't recommend it for? It works for everyone. And this is not some kind of fad diet. Oh, let me just finish up one thing. They told me I'd be on chemo within five years. 
that was in 07. We're in 2022. I've never been back on chemo. The cancer's never come back. Yeah. Um, is there anyone that can't do low carb? No, no, it works for everyone. And by the way, I'm not carb phobic. Do I ever have ice cream? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, every now and then, you know, like I don't have it every day or every week or, you know, but if I'm somewhere and they hey, this is the best gelato in the world, I'm having it. Mike Rowe was asking me off the air. He and Chuck kept me on for about an hour after the show. We could have done another show. Yeah. And they were like, do you ever have beer? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a beer guy. I'm, I'm a scotch guy. You can have all the scotch you want, but that would make you an alcoholic. I'll have a scotch in, once a week or maybe twice a week. And if I'm somewhere, if someone says, hey, let's go water skiing and I'm on a boat and it's hot and they they pass me a beer, I'm not going to go, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm not going to have a beer. I'm going to have a beer. If, if I'm out snow skiing, apparently I like to ski a lot, and someone goes, hey, it's the end of the day. Hey, we bought you this beer, you know, whatever brand, this new IPA. You need to taste it. I'm not going to scoff at it. Yeah. But those are few and far between. When you're in dietary ketosis all the time, something like that's not going to throw you out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. If somebody wanted to stay in, so you do advocate for staying in ketosis as long as you can, uh, and you can still do that and have an occasional carbohydrate source. So what, what, does that mean no fruits, vegetables, potatoes, things like that on a regular basis? For me, yes, because I, I have a cancer diagnosis that right. I've been beating now for 14 years, yeah. 15 years. And, and is that... And I, and my understanding is that you're starving the cancer cells of sugar, and sugar is what speeds up the proliferation of, of cancer. Is that right? I, I'm not a cancer specialist of any sort. But what I do, I'm going to give a simple cartoon understanding of it. Cancer does not feed on oxygen like most cells. It's a closed cell. Yeah. So it has to feed on something, and what it feeds on is sugar. Yeah. So by starving it of sugar, it, it just never grows back. Now, let's talk about not me. Let's talk about the average person that wants to do NSNG. The reason that it's taken off in a big way is because it's not as restrictive as carnivore. By the way, I have nothing against carnivore. It's not as restrictive as doing what I do, just pure keto. Because I tell people if they follow my 30-day PDF and just really cut everything out, let their body relax into it, you can have some carbohydrates in the way of vegetables. You can have low glycemic fruit. You know, yeah, of course, you're going to stay away from potatoes and, and whatever, because I'm not trying to get them to be just keto. I'm trying to turn them into a Prius. And what that means is if you have a gas burning car, it can only burn fossil fuel, dinosaur juice. If you have, a, what do you call that, a Tesla, it can only burn you know, electricity, it can only burn that battery, that cadmium or nickel battery or whatever they put in there. But if you have a Prius, you can live on battery or fossil fuel. If you're NSNG, you can slip back and forth in between using ketone bodies and using sugar. Yeah. And that's probably the best situation. Yeah, absolutely. Come back next week for part two of our interview with Vinny Tortorich. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, 
Go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.